The CGA Tour, a podcast unlike any other. Now your host, Calvin Alexander. Welcome back to the latest episode of the CGA Tour podcast. I'm your host, Calvin Glenn Alexander, and this is another episode of the Big 3 in OKC. So I am rejoined by frequent co-hosts here, Joel DeNicolo and Zev Stein. Um, on the last episode, normally, guys, I I previously asked, "Hey, how's it going? How's your weekend?" We recorded this on Thursday nights. Your weekend's a distant memory at this point. You're just looking forward to the next weekend coming up. I have discovered that from asking previously here, so I'm just gonna ask you at this instead, Zev. What are you looking forward to doing this weekend? What am I looking forward to doing this weekend? Yeah, Zev Stein, um, pandemic-ish times, Oklahoma City. Right, right, right. Yeah. Well, depending on if it's still rainy here in Oklahoma, that kind of is a big if. But if it's nice, I'll, I want to go out to um, Stanley Draper Lake again. Went out there a couple weekends ago and had a great time. I think I'm going to try to do that again. Nice. Joel, what about you? Any uh, weekend plans coming up? Uh, Yes. Uh, however, last weekend I did hang out with uh, Mexican Dirk Nowitzki. Oh, tell us more about... I didn't yeah, know. So, I so my wife's family is uh, from Dallas, and we go down there quite often. And there's a Mexican restaurant down there that uh, they've been knowing about. They introduced it to me um, here in the last few years, and I took a major um, uh, uh, loving for it because when you go into the restroom at this restaurant called Gonzalez's, there is a Mexican Dirk Nowitzki painted on the wall in the men's restroom at, uh, at this restaurant. So uh, every time we say, hey, what do y'all want to eat? I say, hey, we're going to go see Mexican Dirk. So, uh, yeah, I got to uh, eat at Mexican Dirk's restaurant. That's amazing. <laughs> <laughs> well, that is definitely better than any of my weekend plans. So I will have to say um, I also did not have a chance to show what my son, University of Texas of Dallas. Is that where you guys went? Oh, yeah, all the yep. college prospects in there. Yeah, yep, yep. We did go down to uh, UTD. Check it out. Uh, my stepson is a sophomore in high school, so we're just mm. getting getting the gears turning. And uh, yeah. he wants to go into engineering. And UTD has a beautiful campus, uh, three huge buildings dedicated to engineering. So uh, it's a leading option. Again, obviously, we're a couple years away, but uh, he seemed uh, very intrigued by the campus and what they had to offer. We just went on a Sunday. It was a beautiful day. But, uh, yeah, uh, yeah, we were walking around UTD uh, uh, down there, man. And, uh, they, man, I couldn't believe how that school uh, for obviously you know of course you guys are college educated uh that's the campus that the school i'm sorry the school itself is only 50 years old which in college terms is very new yeah it's pretty new <laughs> so all the buildings just look you know it looks like it reminds me like if yeah, i've never been to apple or google but it reminded me it looked like what i would imagine apple or google look like everything's just brand new around there bunch of windows bunch of yes. bunch of natural <laughs> light is being let in from yes. the architectural standpoint um well, nice. Well, well, cool. Cool. Hopefully he can play for UTD too, right? Yeah. Yeah. So, so UTD is the first D3 school uh, campus I've ever been on. So obviously we have zero D3 schools here in Oklahoma. So I have little to no experience of, of any D3 action, uh, but I'm sure you both know uh, D3 uh, college teams don't a- offer athletic scholarships. So they get all the either really, really smart kids or the really, really rich kids. <laughs> huh. Well, um, Shout out to your stepson. Hopefully he can get uh, <laughs> on the roster there and we can get some great UTD D3 stories. Um, he can join the uh, Duncan Robinson round. Go with D3 to the pros. But anyways, 
Um, with, with all that being said, I guess here, I did want to add one more topic here last second, but that is the topic of the day. Um, and that is, what do we have from the news for OKC fans? So, good old um, Thunder Insider Joe Masato, I believe that's how you pronounce his last name. He uh, he wrote an article of you know yesterday, I guess, came out in the Oklahoma today, saying Dort gives OKC more than defense. And what he's discussing is is that Lou Dort had a career high of forty two points and a Thunder loss um, to the Jazz in Salt Lake City. And then, you know, it's only by 10. Of course, I don't think Joe was able to submit it late enough, but the Thunder did lose by 48, I believe, or 38 <laughs> to the Warriors. 30, yeah. 38, 38. 38. Thank you. Thank you. Just to be clear. Just be clear. Um, so, anyways, Dort gives OKC more than defense. Zev, what are your reactions here to the um, headline, all type of stuff, article, et cetera? I, I like it. I like the article, and I... It's kind of like a vindicating moment to be a, a Thunder fan in this like dark season, not dark season, rebuilding season, because it's like the the shooting guard we've been waiting for since Tabo Sepalosha had cornrows. And it's like, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. And it's like, I love watching a player who gives like 100%, more than 100% effort on defense and then he goes and gets his own on offense. Like, he doesn't just shoot threes now. He's actually dribble driving. He's kicking it out. He's taking charges like a madman. It is crazy. Um, like, he's he's just all effort. And I feel like he's the, he's the shooting guard that we've been trying to figure out how to mold or get. Because, um, you know, we tried with Cephalosha. We tried with Robertson. Oof. Um, big old oof, and so it's it's nice to finally see like an actual not just three. Where's Andre at? Where's Andre at right now? He's on the he's, he's on not the anymore. Home, I mean the Brooklyn. I don't Nets. think so. He's not anymore. He got cut. Oh, was he cut? Okay, he was at one was point this season though. There. Y- yes. Well, so where's he at? <laughs> he's he's dating um NBA two K star uh Rachel Demita. Seriously. <laughs> I'm I'm dead serious. That's the latest information when you oh, Google, no. when you Google Andre Robertson's the latest information. I, huh. I hold it up here. So um, yeah, well, it's just I don't know. Like I I'm just happy about it. I just hope that he can keep it up. And if if they're worried about injuries again, that they will sit him and not risk the future for him getting stats this season. But I'm really happy with it. Well, so you asked a question pre-podcast. So I think I definitely want Joel's answer too, and I'm I'm thinking my answer will be closer to Joel's. But if you want to re-ask it now, <laughs> okay. Is there? I, sh- I should ask it like this: Is there any Kawhi comparison to Lou Dort? Wow! Wow! I, I feel like there's a a a very very small percentage that we could see a Lou Dort esque couple of games that are Kawhi-esque, right? Like, Kawhi is such a unique and individual player, all type of stuff, but, I mean, he's just like a physical, like, I mean, freak at the end of the day. Like, his hands are, you know, huge, all type of stuff, etc. Like, there's all this, you know, everything like that. Um, He can't ever make a plane flight on time, makes all his team wait for him, if anyone's read the articles from The Athletic about that, from the Clippers <laughs> last year. Um, Kawhi lived in this, lives in the, currently lives in the same neighborhood that my grandfather used to live in in San Diego. Huh. And then 
drove to LA for the games. Like this man <laughs> lived in San Diego. It is a separate city from LA and no one's going right. to tell me North San Diego is a, sh- Oh, it's a short drive. It's an hour plus without traffic guys. Yeah. It's it's a plane flight from, for, for this idea. But anyways, um, re- regardless <laughs> here, Lou Dort has been amazing for the Thunder. And I think one of the things right now that I, that I know when I watch the Thunder play is there's somebody who has to score. Right in this game that Lou Dort scored 42, he counted for 40, almost 44 percent of the Thunder's points that night. Right, I mean, mm. almost half. He counted for 43.755 percent of the points for that game for the Thunder. So someone's got to do something. Lou Dort mm. clearly has the scoring ability. I think ISO ball is being taught more and more and more in the uh, lower levels, you know, middle school, high school, and type of stuff versus conventional, just kind of. You know, running plays out of timeouts, running pick and rolls and screens necessarily. I think it's iso balls taught more and more so these guys can score. But with all that being said, I've, we, we clearly can see Lou Dort can just hit threes. And that's something that we've always wanted from a two guard in the past. We wanted Lou Dort to just go off from three. He almost hit enough threes to knock the Rockets out of the playoffs last year in the bubble. He mm-hmm. scored his career high in 27. He makes one more and the Thunder win game seven. I mean that that's it. James Harden blocked that shot. We've you know, been over it. Mm-hmm. Um, et cetera. But to your point, I mean it, it's it's just like a gray area. I don't want to say just absolutely no, but I don't want to say that that Lou Dort has the chance to become Kawhi, because Kawhi is just such a unique individual's individualized player. I guess, you know, at the end of the day, like, I'm just going to say time will tell if Lou Dort can play that good of defense because we've seen the meme of LeBron James seeing Kawhi check back into the 20, what, 2014, 2015 NBA finals and LeBron mm-hmm. go, not this much, you know, you know, yeah. right, like, under no his serious. breath. Until we start seeing Lou Dort being represented like that, we're not going to know, but the key thing here is is that it's almost like Lou Dort would have to like take this team up another level, right? Like um, if this Thunder team had guys like Fred Van Fleet, Pascal Siakam, Kyle Lowry, um, Marcus Saul, Serge Ibaka, et cetera, from that Raptors team, that was all just kind of put together. Then we could, we could see what, what would happen. Right. But to answer your question, just full, full blown here without going too much farther into it. No, not in my mind. Like if I, okay, if, I have, if I have to bet, fine. if I have to bet, not in my mind, just because that superstar potential, that like take over the game, that like clutch shot, that last possession, all type of stuff. I don't think that's going to be Lou Dort, and I don't think that's going to be Shea either, for all that matter. Too for Thunder fans, I think that's going to be some other guy who's either on the roster right now or is going to be drafted to the Thunder eventually hmm. in the next okay. seventeen picks. But that's because. I mean, that's because the Thunder have, like, this war chest, right? Like, that's that's the mm-hmm. thing, you know? The Thunder are going to be able to trade for some guy. You know, Zion's contract ends. The Thunder are going to be able to go, hey, we see you. Want to come over to Oklahoma City. Uh, Joel, what what do you think here about? You know, so, Zev, like you said, you just introduced that question to us here in the last few minutes. And, uh, you know, at first, 
if you, if we take it back to last week last week's podcast, you know, talking about some of our uh, secret favorite players that aren't don't play for our favorite teams, you know, Kawhi yeah, Leonard I, is I definitely on mine. I remember. So obviously, I, I'm a big Kawhi Leonard <laughs> fan. Um, and you know what's funny about Lou and Kawhi um, is that they uh, their initial obviously rookie seasons, you know, they weren't the stars by any means, um, but definitely got consistent uh, minutes. Uh, Lou got you know played 23 minutes a game um, last season uh, for his first year, and uh, Kawhi going all way back to that 2011-2012 season you know he was playing 24 minutes a game though obviously the roles were, were a little bit different you know obviously Kawhi was on a championship committee team obviously with Tim Duncan Ginobili Tony Parker we all know that of course um so they he kind of got you know a uh, bred into a, a healthy environment uh not to say the Thunder wasn't a healthy environment last year however this year obviously as you mentioned it is definitely a dark aka rebuilding season yeah <laughs> um and at first I want to say Zev no way in hell can Lou uh be compared to Kawhi however we're, we're talking about we've seen a, a good body work with Kawhi, you know, playing 10 seasons already. Um, you know, he's one of the top scorers in the league. Um, you know, he's obviously won multiple defensive player of the year's awards. So he has major accolades within those 10 seasons. We're talking about Lou, who is just, you know, hasn't even wrapped up his second season in the NBA just yet. Um, I will say, you know, uh, with my banter back and forth with Walter directly, um, and I told him this, and I think I even mentioned on the podcast before, uh, Lou Dorse, my favorite Thunder player. Uh, man, just seeing his defensive tenacity out there, that effort, just a hardcore, um, you know, seeing it obviously in the bubble, you know, obviously that I'll never forget that series, you know, versus the Rockets, just how he he locked up as much as you can lock up James Harden. He locked mm-hmm. him up. Uh, um, and so it's kind of taking that moment versus, you know, uh, solidified one of the best scores in NBA history and the fits that he was giving him. And then as uh, Calvin had mentioned, uh, man, I'm a LeBron guy. And I remember that Spurs theory where LeBron literally rolled his eyes like, oh, man, he checked back in the game like as much as I, I hate that that got on camera, it's also, you know, it, I don't want to say he was scared <laughs> it was of him or feared him, but man, that just shows, I mean, that's a, that's a, that's another tenacious defender out there. So uh, with Lou improving his shot, obviously uh, what he shot, what, th- uh, 29% last year, three point line, he's at 34% this year, uh, get a lot more shots, period. You know, he only took six shots, six shots a game last year he's up to uh, nearly 12 shots a game so his opportunity is definitely uh, there for him um so yeah let him get a couple more off seasons on his belt hopefully and get a better uh, cast of characters around uh, lou dort and his thunder team here in the next couple of years and man i, I do not want to say zev there is no way and i can't even though that was my gut reaction uh man just thinking back the only thing i would say the only knock on that would be uh obviously Kawhi six seven and lou dort six three so he's kind of that oddy body mold so when you're talking yeah, about yeah some of these matchups um, and just, uh, you know, getting shots off, you know, over guys that he's normally guarding, you know, six, six, true, six, true. eight. Um, we'll see if he can really, really uh, produce on offensive end and really get his numbers up. I mean, cause we're talking about, you know, Kawhi's average, you know, over 20 points, you know, uh, for the better of the last seven years, give or take. Um, and Lou, Lou Dort's a little bit away from there. Obviously he's averaging 13 points a game this season, but uh, yeah, man, I, I like what I see out of him. That, that's a young and, and up and coming a uh, uh, big time player. And maybe to cap it off of this way, at least in my mind, Lou Dort can play the undrafted version of Kawhi. You know, like 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 Kawhi was drafted 15th overall in the first round. Granny should definitely have been taken earlier. Every single redraft would have him being taken almost first overall, if not first overall, if it exactly how his draft went. But I believe that would be it. Um, Lou Dort, if he's redrafted, I think he still is. I think he's a top 10 pick, right? But he's un, you know he's an undrafted guy. So as... He, he can play up to the Kawhi limit as much as an undrafted guy coming out of college would, yeah. right? So, Cal- yeah. Calvin, do you remember a couple of the names that got drafted in front of Kawhi Leonard? Oh, God, I do not. That'd be I'll, honest. 
I'm going to make both you guys upset. Let me just name drop a couple of the guys. Uh, Jimmer Fredette. <laughs> oh, Sacramento's just dead. Uh, Brandon Knight. Oh. Oof. I, I feel like Detroit drafted him. Okay, which Brandon Knight highlight is worse, the Kyrie crossover or the DeAndre Dunk? The DeAndre Dunk. The DeAndre Dunk is not as bad because DeAndre Jordan would have dunked on literally any anyone mf'er in the entire world on that dunk right just like lebron james would have dunked on any other person besides isaiah thomas in that moment too right right the crossover is bad because it, it's Kyrie. like just dude just <laughs> just just play it safe play play the possession conservatively and i feel like he was already playing the possession conservatively i feel like he wasn't trying to jump or whatever all type of stuff nope. and Kyrie just keeps messing with him messing with him messing with him that whatever great and then just, I mean, just destroys him. It, it's really that Brandon Knight jumped. I mean, that's really yep. the thing. Is it? Yep. It was all, you know. Hey, just dude, you're, you're you're done. Just just chill. All right, just hey, just turn around. You know, whatever. It's the fact that he jumped. Um. Anyways, here I. We should move on to our, our second topic of the night, and I know I didn't necessarily intro all the topics here off the top like I usually do, but that's because we'll we'll see how many we can get to honestly. Um. So I. I earlier got a message, I'm going to say earlier this week, uh, from Keith. And uh, I do have his phone number in case anyone wants to give him a call at his cell Who's or his Keith? home. Um, Keith is, is a guy. He's a guy who's, who's a fan of the NBA um, or was a fan of the NBA. And I'll explain more here. So so Keith went into <laughs> and he had a couple of points uh, of why he's not a huge NBA fan and why not buying tickets. His third point, which oh, I which I want to talk thanks. about. Yes. <laughs> Yes, his uh, third. Oh, yes, okay. Yes. Oh, okay. <laughs> I, I know I'm introing this a little bit weird, but you gotta let me just kind of plow through it real quick. Sorry, bro. Um, all good. All good. Um, three weeks from now, I'll intro it just much, much better. But he <laughs> said, "I'm disappointed with the NBA players picking where they want the next super team, which ultimately further erodes parity, making the season a waste of time for the have-nots. Until there's a strict salary cap that forces parity, i.e., see NFL or NHL." I'm afraid teams in large markets or desirable destinations will dominate basketball and baseball, so I'll spend my time and money watching a more competitive sport. Regards, Keith. Um, Keith, thanks for the question here. I'm pretty darn sure he had no idea that we were going to answer this on the podcast, um, but thanks for submitting it either way. You can submit any question you have on the podcast to at CGA Tour on Twitter or Instagram. Um, thanks, Keith, for doing that already, I guess. But... I want to ask you guys this. Granted, uh, Zev and I both, I mean, we're, we're all basically from here, but Zev and I both have been Thunder fans since 08. Joel, you are the Lakers fan on the podcast. Um, and previously before, you know, I guess, Zev, who was, who was your team before the Thunder came to Oklahoma City? Was it Dallas Spurs. or Spurs? Spurs. Okay. okay. And my I, I really honestly wasn't that big in the NBA at all before Oklahoma City. I uh, got a team, and if anything, I think I look a LeBron James shirt jersey just because he had just gone to the finals in, like, 06. So, mm. um, you know, I mean, he'd been doing great things for the Cavs, but I think that that was kind of the, the guy I was watching, not necessarily. I mean, I wasn't a huge Cavs fan back in 06. I don't really remember sixth grade that well either. The the first game I ever watched was the Spurs game with Robert Ory and the draining it. Literally oh, the game. first NBA game I ever watched, and I was like, oh, that was cool. And I got hooked. <laughs> Um, with all being said, I, I think Keith does make a good point here with the NBA having a soft salary cap, right? And guys should be able to exceed it, but also as us seeing buyouts and us seeing 
the, the weird opportunities that players have to to change teams and locations. Um, I don't think that a guy like KD is going to be able to ever sign with the Warriors again unless the salary cap does explode for one year and only one year in the future, right? Like, that is such an anomaly in the NBA history where yeah. you have Steph on a very team-friendly deal because he had... Steph had injuries earlier on in his career. He had ankle injuries where he was just not playing a ton. Um, shout out to him for progressing through all the stuff, but he was on a very team-friendly deal at the time. Mm-hmm. Uh, Clay also on a team-friendly deal because he wasn't a superstar at the time. And Draymond also on team-friendly deal because he's a second-round pick. And then, yeah, I mean, I think he was on his second contract by then, but maybe not. I, I kind of forgot how it goes. I'm just saying here off the top of my head, the Warriors, that team is constructed. When someone says construct a super team, build it all together, well, okay. Yeah, that, that kind of sucks. You know, like, like I don't like it. Um, I don't like it how the Nets can just construct a super team and just go, yeah, you know what we're going to do? We're going to get Kyrie, we're going to get KD, and then somehow, some way, we're going to trade for James Harden because the Rockets will be desperate enough to do it for whatever reason, right? And the Rockets got some picks back. Yeah, that's basically it at this point. But uh, I'll ask you first, Zev. Like, how do you think the NBA tries to fix this? What are your thoughts on like how we see more parity? I mean, is, is there a way that teams, small market teams stay relevant? I think it's ultimately got, got to be about some kind of more equitable, equitable salary cap. That's like league wide. Um, and also I, I feel like, there has to be less TV contract that goes to the big cities than there is because a lot of the TV money, I think, is the incentive for big market teams. And I think if if some of that advertising money that they get when they're all nationally televised games, if that goes away and it becomes a fair process, I feel like that would be better. Um, I don't know. I... That is a, that is a very complicated thing. I don't, I don't know. Y'all 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 tell me how you feel about it, Joel. I, I know you got a point here, right? You're you're a Lakers fan, live in Oklahoma City. Um, I remember there was a car I would see all the time driving up and down Twenty Third on the way from my my parents' house, or it's over by Taft Stadium down to high school um, in Classen. I would see that had the it was driving around with, you know, it was like a Chevelle, had 30s on it, you know, um, was balling out, but it was just straight up Lakers all day, every day. That's the only thing I knew about this car. There have been plenty <laughs> of Lakers fans throughout the country. There's Lakers fans in Detroit. There are a ton of Lakers fans in San Diego. Um, and there still are a large contingent of Lakers fans in Oklahoma City, not only because the Lakers are good right now, but there's still a large contingent of Lakers fans in Oklahoma City when, you know, it's kind of Kobe's, you know, kind of past final kind of couple of years, but he wasn't playing all the time. You know, I mean, I just know there were a ton of people coming out because it was just the Lakers, even if they were watching not today's Julius Randle, but previous year's Julius Randle, right? Um, and guys, too. Yeah, so uh, I, I love I love the topic. Uh, talking about, you know, big market, small market, and, you know, trying to you know, lure in, obviously, the talent and the players, and, and obviously the ultimate goal is to, to win a championship, correct? Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. Okay. So what I, what I find funny about this whole discussion is I think we forget um, that the big market teams recently, and by recently I'm you know, referring obviously to the last couple, you know, last 20 years, if you want to say, um, they haven't been great by any means. 
um, you know, if you do take it back, you know, the, the Lakers themselves, you know, they, they went six years, you know, without making the playoffs. Mm-hmm. But I think we all tend to forget that just because the Lakers have been around so long, obviously, uh, with the championships that are won, they're, you know, with the, the superstars, you know, they have some of the best Hall of Famers, you know, from top to bottom uh, that would take care of, you know, when you go all the way back, you know, the, the Wilt Chamberlain's, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar's, Jerry West, you know, Shaq, Kobe, we can, you know, we can go on for days and days, you know, to list these names. Uh, the Lakers have been around for so long, so they feel so relevant. Um, but doesn't always equate to automatic success every single year. Now, of course, you know, when you can get, you know, the upper management and executives uh, to come together and clean house and get on the same page, then I think that's when you can really make some noise. And that goes for any team, Um, because no matter if you're a big market team or a small market team, uh, (laughs) you you have the same, you know, uh, the same timeline as far as when the season starts, the training camp, the draft. uh, I'm sorry, I should start with that. The the draft, training camps, you know, regular season playoffs. You got the same goal, and that's obviously just get better every single day. Um, Now, with these small market teams, obviously, you better hope you're drafting well, of course, because you're really trying to bank on those mm-hmm. on those players. And, uh, you know, all of us, you know, being OKC residents, we know that more than any other team in the NBA where we can really fall back on, you know, which is sad now when you can say yeah, we had three MVPs and got zero championships out of it. Um, but, you know, I know it became a big topic, you know, when Anthony Davis uh, you know, his, his time came up in New Orleans where he's like, man, just, I, I got to go. <laughs> I got to go. I, I did my time here in New Orleans, which is considered one of the smaller market teams. Um, and I, so I think that came up uh, into discussion, but there's still some guys that are still lingering in these smaller markets, uh, which they seem for the most part pretty dedicated. And I think Damian Lillard's one of them. Uh, I think he's been uh, more, than, more, than, more than vocal about, you know, how much he loves being in Portland. Um, and another one that's going to be intriguing is obviously Giannis, you know, being drafted with Milwaukee and, you know, um, you know, being, being the name of the Signed MVP, sign the extension. So he, he, he's showing love to the smaller market. Um, so it'd be interesting to see, you know, how long they actually do stay. Uh, we all know, you know, it's extremely rare, extremely rare uh, for a player to, to remain in the, in their same playing city. I think, of course, we all, Think of, you know, Kobe Bryant, Tim Duncan, Dirk Nowitzki as some of the headlining names that did spend all of their career and all of their Hall of Fame careers in one city, which, you know, uh, you know, give them all the praise. Give them all the praise for that, because uh, you already know that there are temptations there. You know, it, it came out with, uh, I think even recently, you know, they would mention that uh, when Dirk came up for free agency, you know, Kobe Bryant literally text messaged him. He's like, hey, man, you're free agent, you know, not going to lie. I would love to see you. Just I'm going to throw a text at you to see what's up, man. He's like, man, I appreciate it. I love it. But I love Dallas. I'm, I'm, I'm going to stick around. So <laughs> it's pretty cool. when, it, when it, It's pretty cool when it does happen. Um, you know, enjoy it. But I don't think we should knock players for leaving um, because they do, you know, put in a lot of time, a lot of effort. And it does come a time to say, hey, you know, <laughs> I've improved my value as a, not just a player, but a lot of these people uh, become icons. And they want to cash in on those icons. I mean, yeah, they're basketball players. They want to win championships. But they're also human beings that want to better not just their families now, but their families long term. You know, their, their grandkids, grandkids. So I got, I, I'm not. I'm never going to knock a player for leaving a small market, even though, you know, it, it, it's tough. But, uh, uh, man, it, it, you got to look at the big picture. So, uh, but, man, what, what I really wanted to bring up, though, is, um, you know, the small market team has actually been killing it. If you really think about it, they've been <laughs> killing it when, it's, when it comes to willing, winning. Obviously, you know, not necessarily the championships though winning you know i was looking up uh, milwaukee bucks you know they've been in the playoffs six out of the last eight years okc's been in the playoffs 10 out of le- 10 out of the last 11 seasons the blazers have been seven years in a row out there in portland 
Indiana's this is the one that really slipped my mind. They've been to the playoffs nine out of the last ten seasons, so mm-hmm. they're super playoff relevant. Spurs, obviously, we know that you know the streak ended last year. You know they went twenty two straight seasons. Uh, another Nuggets, right? Say it again. Nuggets, right? Uh, Nuggets got a nice little streak going too. I didn't necessarily put them in the small market because that was something I was going to lead and you know, off. So I'll hand it off to you guys so we can, you know, when you talk about small market, big market, I think there's some tweeners. I, I consider Denver a tweener. <laughs> I didn't, yeah. I didn't necessarily put them as a small market because um, huh. obviously, because okay. that's what I want to get your feedback on. Uh, what okay. do you guys, okay. what do you guys define in a small market, big market? So, so to me, at least, small market is like the TV revenue share, right? So, I, um, any team that plays. I think the question here by by you know Keith is a team that one is not in a attractive city to go to right is not in the the Bay is not in LA is not in Miami is not in you know basically a coastal city right you know mm-hmm. um, or in a big big city like New York Chicago or Dallas for that matter right so that that narrows it down quite a bit pretty quickly to be honest. And so I think his his idea here is, is like we're talking about the Jazz, we're talking about the Suns, we're talking about the Thunder, we're talking about um, the Pistons, the Timberwolves, the Kings, the Pelicans, right? Um, the Spurs, you know, is definitely a small market, right? Trailblazers definitely a small market, um, and going mm-hmm. through those. And I know I'm just naming off just a ton of teams here, but at the same point, like a bunch of these what I think is funny here is that a bunch of those teams I just named off I I almost didn't name off a team in the east um this the teams that are small markets in the east are in my mind you know are the and I, like small market such a weird word to, to say too but but um but Cleveland small market I guess right um yeah yeah, yeah it uh is. Raptors technically I, yeah. I think that's I, I think that's a harder team to form a super team at Hornets um Hawks probably but but those are and I'm trying to like really think about it Pistons you know I mean to cap out the five but when someone says oh man it's a small market team or whatever it's not a great team I think normally the idea is, is like you're naming off teams that have been bad historically for a while that are not the Lakers or the Celtics you know, let's yeah. just, you know Lakers Celtics 76ers um Bulls right or, you know, I'm trying to think of another West team to throw in there, Spurs, right? But Spurs are definitely a small market. So, when it comes to all of this, there's um, there's, there's several also teams. Say historically, real quick, Seattle. Seattle, yeah, Seattle as well. Because since, since you know, like, pre-2008, that was, they were the, the one of the small market teams as well. Right, and and, and I got to throw in, you know, I can't forget about Milwaukee, but I'm, I'm going down the list here, right? The Knicks are never a small market team, right? The Knicks are not a small market team. No. They play in the biggest large, city. They are large market. They, <laughs> they, they market. play in the, the biggest city in the world. They are the name, you know, New York. You know, I mean, the other team that plays in that city isn't even named New York. Is their name Brooklyn, right? So we can get into all of that. But to, to me, at least, yes, there is enough parity in the NBA, right? Yes. Um, yes. There, there's For enough sure. parity in the NBA. Agree. Would would we like to see the Washington Wizards not be between seeds six through twelve for ten to fifteen to twenty to thirty years in a row? Of course, right? Of course. <laughs> but this is where I think that the the David Stern vetoing the Chris Paul trade, 
you know, not too, you know, not too long ago, right? But this past decade, that could have, if Chris Paul goes to Lakers, right? And Joel, you, you tell me if I'm wrong here. All of a sudden, you've got Chris Paul, um, Kobe, Pau Gasol still, yep. mm-hmm. and maybe Dwight, right? All four of those guys. That is a super okay, team. That is exactly whatever. And I had to look it up here real quick, too. David Stern vetoed that trade, not as the NBA commissioner, but he vetoed the trade because technically at that time, the NBA owned the Pelicans um, due to everything that was going on with the Pelicans sale. So technically, David Stern vetoed the trade as the owner of the Pelicans. He vetoed the trade that the GM was making, whatever, right? Exactly. And and I think what, what, what makes us all annoyed is that well, Chris Paul still went to L.A. He just went for the other team in the same arena that never won a championship with the Clippers. Got very close, though. Was in the playoffs for several years in a row. Comparatively to the Pelicans, very close, right? And and the Pelicans kind of were, were reeling until they got Anthony Davis. Then they're kind of in and out of the playoffs with Anthony Davis every so often, too, right? So it wasn't like a perfect thing. My, my whole deal with this is that that is the way to fix... Um, the NBA is that if you see a James Harden trade to from the Rockets to the to the Nets, right? There's there's got to be some way of just going. Okay, you can do that, but your salary cap as the Nets takes X percentage hit, or it takes whatever, mm-hmm. right? Like mm-hmm. you. Mm-hmm. Um, and on the flip side of that, the NBA has stuff and guidelines to not let that happen. That's why the Thunder don't own every single one of in order the Clippers picks. They own like every other one with pick swaps in between because that's a rule that that you cannot trade all the picks consecutively in a row. You can trade every other pick, but then you can do whatever you want with the pick swap things. Calvin dropping some big time knowledge on us. I I know, I know, I know. I got amped up. I got excited for this podcast here. (laughs) I love it. Hey, hey, I'm sorry. Walter's not here to say this. I'm here for it. Walter's not here to say this. I had a real tough week at work, so I had to, you know. (laughs) It's like Walter's running gag here for so weeks. So I was like getting into the podcast tonight. Um, I love it. But but the way, I think the way to fix the NBA is to have more of either... Um, clarity from an NBA GM, which we're never going to get. Let's be honest here. We're never going right. to get NBA GMs. Um, just like just like the three of us, if we took a GM role tomorrow with the Timberwolves, all three of us are stepping in and going, okay, I've got three years to flip this team. They've told me I've got three years. What in the world can I do? And I think all three of us are probably going to do with a couple of the same type of ideas, right? Explore trade options for guys on the roster. Explore how we can tank immediately to get better for the next season and explore free agency, right? We're going to look at all those three avenues. Mm-hmm. But, okay, once those three avenues kind of come and go, and I think that the Timberwolves or Timberpops or, you know, whatever, have tried to do that <laughs> year after year, then I think it becomes, okay, so now what are we going to do? Oh, we're going to fire the head coach. Oh, we're going to, you know what I mean? It's just kind of a revolving door of guys coming in coming out, unless you are Sam Presti or unless you are, um, you know, Greg Popovich with the Spurs, you know, and all that type of stuff too, right? Like RC. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I, I or think shout that's... shout out to uh, Rick Carlisle too, because isn't yeah. he like the coach and the president of basketball operations? Well, Rick Carlisle got fired from Detroit. Got fired. <laughs> and and now he is a Hall of Fame head coach with another team. Um, who's the other guy <laughs> that I'm trying to bring up here real quick? Monty Williams got fired as the Pelicans head coach. Coach, yeah. Chris, Paul for, coach Chris Paul for one season. Now he gets to coach Paul again, coach Chris Paul uh, again here with the Suns. But mm-hmm. 
I'd always thought Monty Williams got a couple of years with Chris. No, he got one. And now he gets, hey, now he gets to keep coaching him again. I always had a good relationship with him. But now we go, oh, Monty Williams is a great coach, right? Well, it's because you, when you have such a short cycle, these NBA teams like, um, here's one I can throw out here too. I'm trying to bring up the West here. Um, okay, for, for example, Steven Silas right now is the coach of the Rockets, right? Mm-hmm. Well, if the Rockets don't suddenly get a great couple of guys, they are not a, they are not in a, um, Galveston is not 30 minutes away. They are not like in a beach destination. They are not in the <laughs> coolest city in the entire world in Houston, right? They do not have the best known organization or franchise history. Their owner has said some stuff that uh, apparently, and I'm not going to get into too much more either way, has been racist and, you know, Trump supporting all type of stuff, whatever, which is the majority of the NBA is, is black. That's not going to go well with them whatsoever. So if you're the Rockets, you're Stephen Silas, the head coach. You got a head coaching job. Great. But are you looking at this and going, oh, my gosh, we got to do something immediately? Like, how can we I, – I don't care about what our future looks like. I don't care if we try to tank for two seasons. I want us to win right now. So you're not looking at Steven Silas going, hey, let's – hey, you know what? I, I can see the five-year plan. Let's go on the five-year plan and let's see what we can do. You're going, dude, I, I want to keep coaching in the NBA. I want to win in the next two years. I don't care if that's making the eighth seed. I don't want to be the 14th seed, Right. And I think that's yeah. also how we see this revolving door and cycle of, you know, we see the Nets owner, you know, basically go and trade the whole entire future for the tail end of Paul Pierce and Kevin Garnett's careers, which did not go well. We we know we yeah. know all this, but not at all. Yeah. But but now that he now that he's not, I I don't know if he still is the owner or not, but now that he's not the biggest name owner and the Nets have had another chance to kind of have a cycle, we see all this in the end. So. I know I'm going mm-hmm. on like a, the biggest tangent in the world to your second time they're on the podcast, but the way we see more parody is that we just take it through a wider lens. We either give guys more time, you know, if you're NBA owners and general managers and all type of stuff, mm-hmm. or you have the actual NBA step in and say, Hey, you know what? Kings, you have to sell the team. If you, if you can't make, you know what I mean? Like, like force a sale. You know, um, Alex Rodriguez and uh, a new ownership group is going to buy the Timberwolves. Who knows if the Timberwolves will be great in the next 10 years or not. But at least there's some change there from the way heads up of <laughs> we're doing this. Um, and if you're the Kings, like, are you going, dude, last time we were relevant, you know, White Chocolates was still in the league of Jason Williams, right? It's been a <laughs> while. It's been 20, it's been 15, 20 years. So what do we want to do? And, you know, if you're the Kings too, you, you got to be going to, we don't, wasn't there some discussion a few years ago about them moving towns, moving cities? Yeah. Like they were going to move to Seattle. The, they were going to be the team that was going to move back to Seattle. I think. Uh, and that's, that's what I was going to bring up uh, next was uh, as maybe this can be a good segue into uh, expansion. Yeah. Um, I mean, I mean, go for it. Cause that's, that's where we're headed. Right. Yeah, I would I would love to see a team back in Seattle just with for for my for my love of NBA history and for for that city. I feel like it would be the next right thing for the NBA to do. I, I do and I feel like if they don't, it's going to upset a lot of people. Well, so I think if the NBA gets so, so the issues um, with the NBA expanding is two things. It seems like they'd only expand to Western cities. I don't know how many Eastern cities they'd expand to, right? So then, mm-hmm. once they expand to the West, then you have to work. Then you then you have to do conference realignment, but you have to do conference realignment with 
like a couple of like two teams because right now we were even so you have to expand to 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 two more teams say it's vegas and seattle right those are the teams that i would think of as far as expansion goes no no love for san diego Dude, the Clippers <laughs> just got to move back south again. This is ridiculous. How the Clippers and Donald Sterling were originally allowed in the 80s to move that quickly to L.A. is absurd. So they just got to move back south anyways. Um, <laughs> I mean, I, I could really go into that. They just have to move south. That is the whole thing. Yeah. Um, but besides that, I you know, my, um, my, my two are... Um, yeah, Las Vegas and Seattle. Joel, who do you have? What other, uh, you know, where other should, where else should the NBA expand to? Yeah, Seattle's no brainer. Um, you know, you could see a good, obviously, our 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 uh, Oklahoma City Thunder franchise, you know, uh, was created from ripping it away from Seattle, literally. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, man. Yeah, you could see you could see the the wound, and I think that wound is still open in Seattle. I mean, you see it all, all the time with all the fans, um, you know, really giving no love or, at all towards the Thunder organization. It, it was kind of a, just a weird situation, um, you know, because obviously we didn't keep the Supersonics name, so I think there's still some hope that if and when Seattle d- does come back into uh, to the league, that they can revive the Supersonics name. Mm-hmm. Uh, but man, I mean, you got a city that, you know, uh, you got nearly 4 million people in Seattle. You already got the, you know, two other professional franchises. With oh, the- it's such a storied C- past. Yeah, you got the Seattle Seahawks there. You got the Mariners there. And man, yeah, and actually yesterday, I was just catching up on some, they had Rain Man in the Glove replaying with their interview. Oh. And uh, yeah, checking Love out that. that, man. And uh, man, that was, yeah. That was a tough breakup, man. Uh, man, those two guys got mad love for each other. I mean, uh-huh. that's, they were literally uh, saying, you know, what, what was kind of one of your, your biggest you know career accomplishments? It was literally like just playing with you. They were saying it to each other, like playing with you was just amazing. So it was pretty cool to see, you know, uh, what they're able to do in Seattle. And then, you know, obviously, you know, fast forward, you know, a couple, you know, a couple, you know, what, a little over what a decade later. And, uh, you know, see that, uh, you know, they, they came out here to Oklahoma City. But, uh, yeah, Seattle's a no brainer. Uh, man, there's a couple teams I, I wrote down. San, San Diego was one of them. Uh, just kind of going by just pure, you know, just the size, you know, amount of people population in the city. Um, you know, and it, it, I agree. Um, you know, the realignment, you know, has to make sense. And there's just so many East Coast teams. It's unreal. So, uh, man, how about some, uh, maybe we, you know, throw some Midwest out there, get some, some St. Louis, a little St. Louis involved. Um, KC, Kansas City. Yeah, Kansas yep. City. Not, yep, not opposed to having Kansas City out there. I mean, again, that's another city that, I mean, they already got the Chiefs and the Royals out there. So uh, St. Louis has the Cardinals, and they got the, the hockey team with the Blues. Is that the hockey team out there? So mm-hmm. there's mm-hmm. some professional, you know, multiple professional franchises already out there ready to go. Um, Joel, so, I, I, uh, I do appreciate how that you said the hockey team, right? And uh, <laughs> Zev and I both were just like, yeah, <laughs> neither most are hockey no. guys. Zilch. <laughs> but yeah, I think the Blues won Stanley Cup some time ago. What about, uh, what about Baltimore? Yeah, another team that has two. Yep, got the Ravens and the Orioles out there. But the man, um, well, I guess the Nationals. That you close know, to, to Washington would be right. Weird, right, the Nationals. You know, granted, I know the Orioles and the Nationals are in different leagues, but but man, that that just seems so weird. Just to have an, like another Washington team, you know, like Washington DC ish team, right? 
I mean, the, the other two, like you said, I mean, obviously the Redskins and the Ravens. I mean, they're doing it in the NFL, so you mentioned they're doing MLB. Might as well bring it to the NBA. Dude. Joel, Joel, it's the Washington football team, by the way. Just nah, answer. man. <laughs> it's Redskins forever for us fans, man. Redskins Joel, Joel, I got to get you. A, we got to do an NFL podcast here before the draft. Um, Definitely. It, 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 to me, it's... It, the conference realignment thing has to be like at the forefront of this because if you add a Las Vegas or Seattle team, you know, mm-hmm. you add one Western team, period. Then all of a sudden you have um Memphis has to go east. You have yeah, you have to have Memphis go east. Like, and I think you have to have Minnesota on, go on east. A, on a map, they're further east than Chicago. Oh, yeah. No, I mean I mean that's one of the number <laughs> things is that Memphis used to play in you know, used to be Vancouver. In Vancouver, yeah. And now yeah, and then they moved to Memphis and they were like, Yeah, conference realignment. What no, is for that? Sure, for sure. It's like having West Virginia play in the Big Twelve. It's just bizarre. Well, it's, it's like, the same thing with us. The Thunder is obviously in the Northwest, in the Northwest region yeah. because of Seattle. So, I mean, yeah. The re- yeah. <laughs> yeah. How are the Grizzlies not in the Northwest region? It's kind of the funny thing. Um, or, or you have Minnesota Timberwolves are in the Northwest region. They're just North. They're not West. They're the most North. They're, they're besides Toronto, but yeah. Yeah. I know what you mean. Um, I feel like we might be forgetting a team or t- like a, a city or two to add on here. I'm trying to think if there's any other. Um, uh, have, here, I got one uh, that out of all the cities that propose, you know, are options um, that actually have out of basketball, football, baseball, hockey. There's one city that has three out of the four. That's the only city that has three other professional teams, but doesn't have basketball. Oh, there's Pittsburgh. one other city. Pittsburgh, Damn right? It. There's f- there's two cities. Seattle. <laughs> <You're right>. Seattle. <laughs> well, Seattle doesn't have hockey. Yeah, they do. They have hockey team literally coming next year. Oh, well, they didn't have it last year. <laughs> okay, all right. Fair enough. Fair enough. Uh, Somebody knows it's going to work there. Uh, uh, Tampa Bay. Oh. So they got Tampa Bay Bucks, the Rays, and the Lightning out there. So they're and then yes, Zev is correct. Yes, Pittsburgh Steelers, Pirates, and Penguins. So uh, there's two cities that have three out of the four major sports and missing missing basketball. It would be really interesting to see a basketball team in Pittsburgh. Got to have that black and yellow. You already know that. Oh yeah. I feel like every team that that is an expansion team should just automatically have the same colors as the dominant team of that city. I mean, that's such a it's cool been- thing. It's P- Pittsburgh is the only city that does this, right? Same colors for all the professional teams that have obviously more. I mean, two teams obviously. Yeah. We're not the Penguins, not really. The Penguins don't have black and yellow. I don't think. What? Do they not? No, the Penguins are like black and yellow for sure. Yeah. 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 Um, the Pirates, of course, black and yellow. Yeah, of course, Steelers. Yeah. I I'm trying to think if there's another city, and I know my dad's gonna listen to this part and be like, "You, you, you guys forgot about." Um. I can't think of one. I cannot think of one either. The only for all the professional teams have the same colors. I think that's legit about Pittsburgh. I've never been to Pittsburgh. I've never been in Northeast at all, but I think that's legit, man. That's that's mad love for that city, man. Well, so Pittsburgh, what's interesting is that I've driven, yeah, I've driven through there and actually spent the night in Pittsburgh once before. Is that all? So Pittsburgh has the city of like bridges. Um, They just have a bunch of rivers that run through Pittsburgh. It's kind of like the city's kind of weirdly like on an like an it's on an island, but I guess it's like all separated by rivers. Anyways, all of the bridges, because there's several of them, are yellow in color. So it'd be like if the Warriors were the color of, you know, the Golden Gate Bridge, right? They're kind of like red or whatever. They were the color of one of their most famous, you know, painted things they're known for. Yeah, like if you look at the um, Pirates ballpark, 
in the background of it, you can just see a bunch of yellow bridges. I mean, um, it's definitely worth a Google. But, yeah, I don't know of another city that... Mm. Um, actually, I do know of one, Oklahoma City. Oklahoma yeah, City. See, all the, profe- all the professional teams that, are the same yeah. color. Got to have a minimum of two <laughs> professional teams. Minimum of two. Oh, uh, minimum of two. Uh, yeah, you're right. The energy are green, so I guess that rules it down. Um... <laughs> No, that's a good point, though. I, at the end of the day, like, I think the minor league teams should do that, too. Like, why why is FC Tulsa and the Drillers, who play in the same stadium for basically the same organization, do totally separate colors? Like, the Drillers the drillers have rebranded, and FC Tulsa rebranded. Why is the soccer team not the same colors? Anyways, um, it's a good one. It's a good one, for sure. Well, uh couple more topics here, so we'll kind of run through it real quick because we're almost a minute 50. But um, Marcus Aldridge has announced his retirement uh, mid-season, granted, with, you know, kind of 75% of the season gone and, and wrapped up here. He is, um, a couple stats about him at least. So he played against the Sonics when he was with the Blazers originally and got drafted. Then he, of course, kept playing for the Blazers when Oklahoma City moved um, from Seattle to Oklahoma City, excuse me. And, you know, kept playing with the Spurs um, after he was, I think, traded or for agency. So, um, yeah, of course, this year he was bought out just a couple of weeks ago, maybe a month or whatever, and mm-hmm. ended up uh, going to play in Brooklyn for the Nets. And I'm not sure, you know, what causes a regular heartbeats to be more impactful or not, but that is why he's decided to retire this time. That's uh, because he had a regular heartbeat that he said scared him for his life. And I'm never going to say anything about that as far as health and safety. Right. Um, I don't think any of us are, but do we want to give like a minute or two kind of reflection on LaMarcus Aldrich moments or stuff you remember about him being the NBA? Because granted, he had a, a, a lengthy career um, mm-hmm. that, you know, and he, he had a great All time. NBA five times, I think. Okay. Yeah. Seven time All Star. Seven time All Star. Yeah. Uh, I To me, at least, he's one of the guys who still played, I don't know, if the older style of Old the NBA. School, yeah. But, yeah. Uh, but, he he wasn't shooting threes. Um, no, it's never Lamarcus Aldridge's but game. He he had a beautiful mid range, like purest one of the purest mid range shots I think of the last fifteen years. Well, well, I remember whenever people were just up in arms of I can't believe he decided to go to the Nets. They bought him out and he went to the Nets. The Nets are stacked, and I was like, guys, have you seen Lamarcus Aldridge? He's literally going to clog up the floor for the Nets. He's literally goes. Give me the ball on the left block. I'm going to turn around and shoot. Left block every single time. Um, that's what I know him for. Like, and, you know, from Dallas, Texas, went to University of Texas at Austin, not at Dallas. Um, just to be clear on the distinction there, of course. Um, but, but yeah, he, I mean, I, I kind of forget he's six foot 11. He always seemed like he was like, got to be six foot eight, six foot 10, somewhere in there, just because he never really played center. But, um, but yeah, I mean, he, I guess, uh, on draft night, he has a Bulls hat on. It's kind of a thing to note as well, too. But, you know, played against the oh, the in um, the in conference rival for Oklahoma State in Texas. So, you know, uh, played from 06 to 2020, averaging 34 minutes a game, which seems insane. Um, or I think that's, mm-hmm. that's, excuse me, that's postseason, average regular season, 20, 26 to 27 minutes a game. So, 
Uh, or maybe that's just for this season. I'm going to have to dig more into the stats here later on. But anyways, nonetheless, well, great career for him. You know, obviously, you know, one of the topics, you know, one of the early topics we had was, you know, talking about small market, big market. You know, it was kind of unique for him to go to Portland, San Antonio. I think we'd all agree that those are kind of small market, small market. Um, but, yeah, he, he left. If, if you remember when he left Portland, you know, he had spent uh, nine seasons, I want to say, out in Portland. You know, had a, a, couple, a couple playoff runs. But uh, one of those things where I don't want to say – I think when you become, you know, a star, I don't know if we would say super – I mean, career average of 20 and 8, that's pretty solid. I mean, that's solid, mm-hmm. solid. Um, and, you know, his career season – his career best season was in the 15th season, which was his final season in Portland. You know, average of career best, 23 points a game. And uh, then he cashed in and went to San Antonio with a four-year, $80 million contract. Um, but I find what's unique is, you know, he did give, you know, love and respect and time to Portland. Because um, keep in mind, obviously, you know, he paired up for Damien for a few of those seasons mm-hmm. um, to say, hey, you know, uh, my, my, my clock is ticking. You know, I think a lot of players get to that point when they're obviously we know that with, you know, Katie, we know that with LeBron, um, like, man, I'm, I'm spending a lot of time here, but I'm I don't have the pieces around it or. Or whatever the case may be, it's just not working. It's not working. But I know I am possibly on the championship level. Obviously, it came true. Obviously, for both LeBron and KD, of course. Unfortunately for Lamarcus, Lamarcus, it didn't. Potentially, it might have happened. You know, with the, this team that they're building in Brooklyn right now. So super sad. I think he got what you know, he played five games with Brooklyn before. You know, calling it, call. You know, putting posting his retirement this morning. Um, so yeah, super sad to see. Um, just because you're, you know, he's, he's one of those good guys. You know, kind of always had. You know, never had negative headlines about him. You know, played played ball the right way. And like you guys said, you know, since he'd been in the NBA, you know, in that old, you know, I don't say old school, but in the one of the you know being in the, in the league since 06 uh, you know one of those guys that you just kind of want to see uh, them go out go out the right way so super sad i get the, the that news uh, about lamarcus aldridge for sure today yeah and i think if the nets win it all this year they're definitely getting a ring even though he played with them for five games sure, or of so course. Um, oh, no brainer no brainer and at the end of the day like um nothing but respect for marcus aldridge he came to the career i guess when he entered into the the league a basketball reference has him as a center for um 63 games and 22 games he started with portland and then he plays power forward for the next eight years um with portland excuse me he plays power forward for the next while because he plays power forward for san antonio for a couple years which it's just i mean it's it's positionless basketball i'm just throwing it out there because i think it's interesting but the spurs this season he played in uh, 21 games and you know, played with Brooklyn for five. So, anyways. And he's one of those players towards the end of the career. I know we talked about this, you know, previously about Blake Griffin, um, who's expanded his game, you know, uh, you know, uh, to obviously, you know, get, get outside the perimeter and uh, really assist, you know, that, that stretch four, stretch five position is, you know, forever evolving now more than ever. And uh, he, he did adjust because, you know, his early years in the NBA, he wasn't shooting any threes whatsoever. He's shooting a ton of 15 footers, but he was sitting shooting no threes early on the year, uh, early in his career. But uh, definitely the last few years, he definitely added that to his repertoire. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. Well, uh, now we've got one more topic here that I think we have time for in the last uh, 10 minutes or so of the podcast here. And that is, so we, we you know, like I said, we are um, 75% away through the NBA season. There are 31 days left for the Thunder in the regular season. The Thunder have 17 games left to lose before they can um, end <laughs> the season. And I say lose because losing my 38 to the Warriors um, the other night, excuse me, last night, and the Thunder only trying to get better better draft odds at this point. Seems like a ne- something that's inevitable. But with all that being said here, 
Um, who do you guys think is going to be the yeah, the play-in teams um, for the Western Conference and for the Eastern Conference? Well, first of yeah, all, yeah. I'm going to reverse it. Um, obviously, this week it came out you know, that uh, Luka Doncic obviously is not happy with this format. How do you guys feel about this little play-in tournament? Are you guys fans of it or just like the old school one through eight? This was not the year to do it. That's all I'm going to say. This this was not the year to have to do the playing tournament. The year for the playing tournament is when you can have fans in the stands at full capacity, um, and not have a bunch of COVID protocols, and not have a what what's felt like from everyone's standpoint a rushed season. I know, mm-hmm. I know, we do want to talk about injuries for for a second or two, and um. Gosh, Jamal Murray being out for the whole, you know, being being out for the rest of the Man, season, that's, that's and probably tough. for next that's season tough. too. The listen, a, a a non-contact injury like an ACL tear like that. I've torn my ACL in my left knee, the same knee, torn meniscus as well. It is it is a long time recovering before you feel like you're just good walking again, you know, with like some stability. So he's out for a season, if not a whole, if not basically eight months, you know. Um, the Nuggets are the four seed right now. There are the Lakers who have dealt with injuries, you know, with AD and LeBron out, who are the fifth seed. They're, they're not, I mean, it's not going to happen, I don't think, but the Mavericks are only three and a half games back at the Lakers right now as a sixth seed versus a four, versus a fifth seed. Um, excuse me, seventh versus fifth. There's just a lot of injury issues. So every team's dealt with injuries. Every team's dealt with mm-hmm. COVID protocols and all type of stuff. I don't think this was the season to, to do that, to, to do the playing tournament. Zeph, what about you? Agreed. Yeah. What do you think, Joel? Is this the year? Or? Man, I, I I like it. Uh, anytime we can get uh, a few more teams, you know, uh, to get in the action and and quick. It's not a it's not a full blown series. It's literally one game. Uh, obviously, with the true. You know, a, so you got you know seven and seven and eight playing each other. Uh, nine and ten playing each other. Of course, we know the format. Um, so I, I think it's interesting. It, it piques my interest. Um, so for those teams that are trying to make a, a playoff push, you know, late, um, gives them a chance. You know, whatever the case may be, why they are nine or ten seed, whether it's injuries early or injuries late or a trade that happened close to trade deadline, whatever the case may be, um, you know, uh, it gives them a chance. So. You know, as of right now, obviously, uh, uh, on the west side, you got Dallas and Memphis 7 and 8. So, obviously, we know why Luka is not happy with this because that means there's a it's chance if they yeah. lost that game and then lost the second game, that they wouldn't even make the playoffs even as a 7 seed finishing in the standing. Mm-hmm. So, we can we, we see why a 7 and 8 team would hate it, but the 9 and 10 would love it. Um, so right now, obviously you got, uh, Dallas and Memphis, uh, would be playing each other, which actually they played each other last night. And we all seen the, the one footed crazy circus shot by Luca going down a little Luca magic, uh, going down last night. I know Callum was probably ecstatic. Oh yeah. Me. I was, oh yeah. I was just jumping for joy when I woke up the next morning and saw that happen. Um, I I did have to sleep at some point. So I just don't think I had the TV on then, but but then yeah. with the nine and ten spot, obviously you would have a uh, Golden State and San Antonio again. This is if uh, if the standings finish the way they are tonight, uh, which you know Golden State's been such a weird team. Obviously fl- flirting around five hundred. You know you, you have a star superstar performance like uh, like uh, uh, Curry put up last night in Chesapeake Arena, eleven threes. Wanted to you know break Clay's record of fourteen threes. You know uh, Curry said no, shut your butt down. Uh, hopefully we can you know keep you for more games to possibly make some noise in this turn uh, in the playoffs. So. <laughs> So I do State's like how a, Golden State has tied the record for the most amount of threes in an NBA game, but only in Oklahoma City between both their players. Right. It's <laughs> right. ridiculous. Game six of a playoff series and then just a random what, Wednesday night. 
Um, to me, at least, I think the play-in tournament, and this is going to sound bad, but I think it kind of cheapens the the playoffs a little bit, to be honest with you guys. Like, I, I think that I it, it I, I right now, the Bulls trading for Nikola Vucevic is a great trade, and oh my gosh, can't believe they've done that. Well, Vucevic has been on the team for more than four games, and the Bulls have lost four in a row, so clearly that trade wasn't like the best idea in the entire world. Um, and, and that's kind of why I think it just, just cheapens everything. You've, you've got the Hornets, who... Their their guy in Lamelo Ball, who would have won Rookie of the Year if he kept play, you know if he hadn't gotten injured, have lost three in a row. Like it's it's a, to me, it just cheapens a little bit because you only have ten teams missing out on the whole deal, right? And this isn't like to, to me, this is a way to have the bubble without having the bubble kind of stuff where you had twenty two teams mm-hmm. make it last year, and this year you're gonna have twenty teams technically make, mm-hmm. you know, uh, you know one extra game, um, having the nine and ten seed play cool I'm totally fine with that i would just have i would just say like okay that the you know nine and ten ca got to play or whatever it is but the bulls are four games back of the pacers right now so like and, and the bulls are 10 games under 500 so we're gonna have them play for a chance to possibly play the 76ers in the first round or slash the nets right um whoever right. ends up being that like eh, is it really gonna you know what i mean is it just is that, is that even going to happen? Like, the Bulls right now, I guess, if they beat the Pacers and the Hornets, you know, stay at the 8th seed, then they'd play each other, right? The Bulls would play the Hornets, from my understanding of this. Mm-hmm. And then the winner of that mm-hmm. would, you know, play the 76ers. Well, if you're the Hornets, you know, all right, hey, you know, we'll win the season or whatever. We don't have the highest aspirations. Anyways, the Bulls kind of get a chance to play into it because they have that late-season trade, like Joel's saying. But, like, no one wants, no one wants the 10th seed uh, Pop, Greg Popovich, Spurs, right? No, no one. None of these four teams, Mavericks, Grizzlies, Warriors, or Spurs, you know, want to want to play each other. And I can't think if you're Luka Doncic, you're like, ah, let's play the Spurs. Can't wait to you know play against Hall of Fame coach Greg Popovich <laughs> for one game and only one game. I think that's part of it too. Um, but but I guess regardless here, who do you guys? I mean, do you think they'll be? Do you think the Pelicans jump in? Um, overtake the Spurs. Do you think that we have some realignment here where the Mavericks catch up to the Trailblazers? Or, I mean, uh, Lakers seems like it's not possible at all because I think LeBron AD will come back before then, but the Nuggets slip a little bit or something because it's Ball and Murray injury. I mean, do, what do you guys project? It's like the, the Western Conference 7 through 10 seeds. Hmm. Well, I think that there's the also, also the potential of Aaron Gordon picking it up and carrying some some of that slack. I think he's capable of doing that. Um, I'm not sure uh, about the Mavericks. They haven't proven to me that they can keep it together through the end of the season. I don't know if they're driven enough yet or if they have enough of a good uh, team chemistry, in my opinion. Um, Warriors are kind of eh. Um, I think the Grizzlies are a wild card. Uh, John Morant's a lot of fun to watch, but they're they're not great in clutch moments. They're, I think they're like one in five now in in those games. So I don't know. It's just kind of a toss up. The Mavericks are the only team out of these four teams that have a um, gosh, what's the best way to say this? They have a winning record or better against other teams who have a winning record. So the Mavericks are, mm. um, and I, I got this stat like a couple of days ago, so it's probably not, it's not completely up to date as of last night, but I can only assume it's gotten better. 
is that the Mavericks have a 16 and 13 record against winning teams. They have an easier schedule. Mm-hmm. They have one of the easiest schedules um, finish out the rest of the season. On the other hand, so do the Suns. The Jazz have one of the hardest records finish out the rest of the season. Those are top two seats in the West. They're not getting in the playing tournament. But I, I, I could see the Trailblazers like slipping a game or two. Um, they've lost two in a row. Right now, grand scheme of things, probably not the biggest deal losing two like that. But I mean, the Trailblazers lose another one; they're tied with the Maps, right? So I could right now, if I'm if I'm predicting it, I'm going the Western Conference standings. Is the Mavericks somehow get to the sixth spot? The Trailblazers slide down one, and it's the Trailblazers seven, Grizzlies eight. You know, let's say Warriors kind of nine, um, and Spurs ten. I don't think the Pelicans figure it out and, and get in. Um, I Cal- think we see Calvin, these 10. I, Calvin, I can't see the Nuggets staying in that top six, man. I can't. Um, no. I, I know I know they beat Miami last night for their uh, for their first game without Jamal Murray, but, I mean, you, <laughs> you're talking about a backcourt that started Monte Morris and Will Barton. Uh, man, uh, you already know I'm a huge Michael Porter Jr. fan, and he's killing it right now, by the way. And you remember, he's my he's my pick, preseason pick for most approved player of the year. So obviously these numbers are going to look even better now mm-hmm. <laughs> to finish out the year. Uh, I think he scored, well, uh, nine last 10 games. He's had over 20-something. Uh, so he's on a tear right now. And like Zev said, you know, Aaron Gordon, obviously <clears> – <throat> He's a score machine, body and big body inside. That we already know about MVP candidate Joker, but man, I, I just feel like that guard play with Monte Boris, Will Barton, and then coming off the bench is uh, Camposo. Nah, that ain't that ain't gonna hold, man. That's not yeah. gonna hold. So, <laughs> so, so my contradiction with that is that this is the last year of Aaron Gordon's contract. So Aaron Gordon is going to ball the crap out, and I think that's, and also here, just coming into it. The Nuggets are also four and a half games up on the Mavericks right now. So we're saying that, you know, something has to happen in between here where there's only 17 games left in the season for the Thunder. I'm going to say there's about 17 left for everyone. Um, what the Nuggets have played, do some math real quick. They played 55 out of 72. So, yeah, they've got 70. Uh, excuse me, they've got 17 games left here. So, mm. yeah, over, yep. seven, over 17 games, a team could definitely lose four and a team could definitely lose you know, win, win for, don't get me wrong. I, I can see the Nuggets slipping, yeah. but at the same point, I think that Michael Ward and, you know, MBJ and Aaron Gordon are going to try to prove their worth. Just MBJ is just going to try mm-hmm. to prove that, you know, MIP award possibly. And Aaron Gordon's going to go, no, 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 no. I want the next contract. I want the, you know, he's looking ahead to whatever. Right, right, right. Um, yeah, their backcourt is nothing to drive home about and talk about. But as an Oklahoma State fan, repping the Cowboys jersey right now too, Monte Morris <laughs> Killed us in college. Like I think Morris can play a couple <laughs> of games and uh, and figure it out. And um, Composer or whatever. Yeah, he's coming off the bench. He doesn't play a lick of defense. But Zeb and I were talking about him the other night. We were trying to hoop it up. Um, you know, with a bunch of window Oklahoma, we were breaking shots worse than Composo. But he does Five have a ten. good passing ability. Five he does have a good, He does. But but I mean like. But I, but I mean you know, Joker also MVP <laughs> caliber guy this whole season. So yeah, but I think yeah, that's that, going to that, keep that's him all, top that's six. All true. That's all true, but that's with Jamal Murray in the lineup taking a lot of relief. Now you're putting a lot of stress, extra shots, extra uh, those those clutch moments that Jamal Murray could capitalize on. Now you're putting it in guys' hands that aren't used yeah. to having the ball in their yeah. hands late in the game. Well, so if, there were, if, in- if there were 25 games left in the season, I'd say without a doubt, for sure, the Nuggets are going to fall into this you know, 6th or 10th spot. 
But because they're 17, I go, eh, maybe they'll have a chance to stay in the top six. I'm not, I'm not yeah, saying they're completely. Sounds like me and Kevin got a bet. Sounds like me and oh. Kevin got a Oh, yeah, a we got a bet. bet. Lock it in. 20, I just became a huge bet. Denver Nuggets fan over <laughs> over, a, over a three-minute period. Um, well, let's, let's talk. So uh, I guess let's, let's talk about the East a little bit here, too, then, as we wrap this one up. So right now in the East, the you know, 7 through 10, you've got the, the Heat, Hornets, Pacers, mm-hmm. and Bulls. So to me, at least... Ooh. The Raptors might be able to switch out the Bulls. Raptors only one game back. But on the other hand, too, here, the, the Bulls are, are going to figure it out, right? They're not going to keep losing to make it five in a row. I don't know. Well, you got, uh, they just report Levine. Well, the fine's out, out for a while. while. Yeah. yeah, he's going to be out for a little bit. Who is? Levine? Zach. Zach Levine's uh, out for a while. Uh, okay. All and right. 14 days is what I read earlier. Yep. I saw the same thing. So Raptors might just, yeah, my Raptors <laughs> might grab that spot then. Um, wait, wait, the Raptors? Oh, where's Walter at when we need him? Uh, you gonna oh, wait, the Wizards, the Wizards and Raptors are what both the just one game back. You know what? This is how the Wizards, this is the Wizards game Come plan on. from day one. Westbrook's not missing the playoffs. Fill in for Walter right now. Do your do your Wizards and Westbrook spiel right now. Here we go. Um, Tell uh, us one, about one what the Wizards second. about to do. I, I don't have the ability to make my voice higher pitched and um, <laughs> and nasally. I, I'm sorry that the the mic settings here. Let's see if I can do audio processing, noise gate. Ah, it's too much work. I'm not going to mess with it too much. We are, my voice sounds great. You know it's me. Um, your voice. Oh, thank you so much here. I, in fact, maybe because um, it's Walter here, I will um, just randomly play some sounds in the background every so often. Um, regardless here. Um, or I can change the camera angle so it's only an upshot of right. my nose. But, yes, the Wizards. The Washington Wizards and Russell Westbrook, who needs a street in a town named after in Oklahoma. Get out of here, Durant, Oklahoma. You're renaming yourselves Westbrook, Oklahoma. Because Russell Westbrook did so much there for the city, and Washington, the Washington D.C. Wizards, um, led by none other than the the best player on their team by far and away, of course, Russell Westbrook, Bradley Beal, who, um, and and Russell Westbrook's gonna take the Wizards to the promised land of the tenth seed in the East, um, with their current twenty-one and thirty-three record. So, excuse me, thank right. you, Joel. I I had to remind myself here with Zach Levine being out. I can actually see the Wizards to go in anti-tank <laughs> mode. Um, and in all honesty, without being too much Walter, the the Wizards, I, I think, actually could could come up and take that 10th seed. Um, no one's catching the Pacers, though. The Pacers are 11 and a half back. Wizards have five games they'd have to catch up. That's just not happening, I can tell you guys right, right now. Now, what might happen here is this jockeying positions. Pacers might jockey with the Hornets a little bit. And the, and the Heat, I'm mm-hmm. surprised, are still 7th. I think the Heat will figure out a way to get out of this, um, where the, the the Knicks somehow will will suddenly become the, the seventh Knicks. seed. Yeah, they'll, they'll, <laughs> they'll suddenly become back again the Knickerbockers. Um, sorry, well, Calvin, I, I really as, had to as pronounce shocked that. A, as shocked as I am, and I know if Walter was on the show this evening, um, he wouldn't have forgotten about the Wizards being potential for that seven to ten slot. Uh, I thought man, the Wizards it, were the were, were already in the playoffs. I thought they were the sixth or fifth <laughs> seed, right? right well. If the Wizards do, which obviously the job's not too hard, like you said, just being literally a game out, um, they'll be the whoever finishes at the ninth seed and they got to play in play them. They're gonna that's gonna be the scariest tenth seed in NBA history coming in so this is so talking about you know luca's opinion on it um definitely russell westbrook bradley bill scott brooks have the opposite opinion they are 
stoked about an opportunity to get into the NBA playoffs if they can get the 10th seed, win two games in a row, and they're in. That's unreal. So That's- so here's what I forecast, and I'm going to um, – I'm going to make a prediction here, guys. The Wizards get up to the 10th seed. Somehow, someway. Then they beat the Hornets. Then they play against Joel Embiid and the Philadelphia 76ers and Ben Simmons, and they get swept. But they do get into the playoffs, which is what Walter's whole thing was from the get-go. They get into the playoffs. And we're right now, this is a path that is weaving and navigating itself into fruition. Um, I can definitely see it happening. Crazily, yeah. Is it a guarantee? No, I am not making that guarantee. I would not bet anyone any money on this idea happening. So, so we're not going to add that to our twenty dollars bets of Wizards getting in, even just to, just into the play-in tournament. That's an easy one. Well, oh, into would, into play-in tournament because I because yeah. I'm not I'm not betting them meeting the Hornets in the eight seed. Anything can happen. Um, Gordon Hayward could just go off. Um, for one game. Whoa! I, I, but I well, well, I'm saying in the play-in in the play-in tournament in the play-in tournament for. Well, I'm saying the plan tournament for one game. I'm not going to bet the it's Wizards to game. win one game. I I would. You know what? <laughs> Come on, let's write it down right now. Wizards to make the plan tournament. I got I got Wizards making the plan tournament. I hate okay. this. I, I hate okay. this idea. I really hate myself for it, but I'm okay. going to go for it. So so that we're, let's retrace. So this is our bit. So right here. So you are the biggest Nuggets fan for the next 17 games, and you're saying. <laughs> That they will remain one through six, and I'm saying they will be seven or less, okay? okay. Seven or worse. All right. All right. All right. And then we got Wizards. You are saying we're just going to stick with just playing tournament. Uh, I really hope this whole Zach being gone, maybe, I don't know how. Yeah, I'm worried about this bet. I'm probably, probably going to lose this one because the Bulls are, looks like they're trending south right I feel now. like one would work out, one would not work out. I feel like I'm, right. I'm willing to make that, that, that idea. I feel like a normal NBA fan would go, you know what, I can definitely definitely see um the nuggets stay in the top six and a and a crazy nba fan saying the wizards are gonna make it so we're gonna have one of each one crazy idea and one normal idea and hopefully <laughs> one of the two works out in this crazy <laughs> nba season all right twenty dollars each like that. yeah yeah that's good um last question is we end up the podcast here we have a tank of the tank of the week game coming up tomorrow night are you guys aware of this um Two teams who are trying to tank out the rest of the season. Do you have any guesses who which which matchup this is? It's coming up tomorrow night. Are, is it is it Rockets and Timberwolves? Um, uh, nope. The Heat are playing Timberwolves tomorrow night. Okay. Orlando, Orlando, Toronto. Mm, nope, that's not the one I'm going after. Pelicans, Wizards. <laughs> ah, hi, hi. So funny. You just made this bad. Uh, whatever. Nope, that's not the one I was going with either. Tankathon. Tank a tank game. A tank game. Did we yeah, say we said one, Chicago? Um no. No. No, not Who Memphis are you talking Chicago. about? There's two teams. One Walter would be defending here, and the other one I normally would never mention on a podcast. Oh yeah. Oh, I don't know how I overlooked that. I see it now. Yeah, I didn't know if we could say it. Oh, we can. We we're good. <laughs> As of today, we're cleared. <laughs> today is the day. Detroit plays Oklahoma City tomorrow night, and I don't know who's going to win this game, but I can tell you what: the Troy Weaver revenge game is happening. I can see the Pistons sweeping the Thunder this season. Pistons previously won in Oklahoma City. Um, I think last week. Jeremy Grant will go off in his former. Arena. Uh, oh, the, well, no, no, the it's, pit- it's 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 in Detroit. So he already the went Pistons, off. 
the Pistons are fresh off of the Reggie Jackson revenge game, which he went to work last night. Ooh, yeah. <laughs> I'm not sure how you lose a game like that. <laughs> Unless you're wanting to, which is what I'm going to say happened. <laughs> to anyone who's curious, that was a plan. <laughs> I just hated how the how sports center started off this whole, and they're like, with Kawhi Leonard and and Paul George out of the game. And I was like, oh, wait, those guys didn't even play? What? <laughs> um, and you know what, uh, you know what, though? I mean, like uh, Isaiah Stewart and um, Sadiq Bay look like the steals of the, of the draft last year for sure. So, I mean, I mean, really, like Killian Hayes to be, be determined, back. to be determined, TBD. Oh, the TV got turned up. All right. So that is how we are ending out this point. <laughs> there we go. We got it. No, we got uh, it. We sorry. Got it. Sorry. I'll, I'm too full of energy here this time. Um, I'll try to dull it down and uh, have a couple of drinks before we start the next uh, next time next week. But um, maybe Walter will just kind of simmer me down. You know, he'll be the really excited one. That's what I always say, right? Um, I guess with all that being said here, thank you so much for listening to the latest and greatest episode to be to date of the CJ Tour podcast. Please follow at the CJ Tour on Twitter, Instagram for more. And um, we'll catch you guys again soon. Peace. Later. Marcus Gasol is a leading scorer right now versus Celtics. Unbelievable. All right, wait. As um, this as this song ends out, let's see. Let's see here. Are the Wizards playing right now? No. And are the Nuggets uh, playing right now? Nope. Um, Joel, I'm just cut you off here. I'm winning this bet. You want to know why? <laughs> why is that? The Rockets play the Nuggets tomorrow night. That is a W for Denver. All right, we're out. Catch you guys again soon. Good luck, Compazzo.